It is going to be a jam-packed episode of the Sports Keep It Go here with the marvelous one, Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shavari, and myself, Mike Mercado. And, of course, we're going to be making our Super Bowl predictions. Of course, we're going to be hitting all the crazy news that's happened throughout the week in the world of sports, Chicago and nationwide. But we have a very fun treat. We have something that we don't get to normally do. Dev, what do we have going today? Well, today, Mercado, we actually have president of the Chicago Steel and two-time Dave Tyler, USHL Executive of the Year, only guy to win it twice, by the way, Dan Lev. Dan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Yes, I, I make my wife introduce me that way when we meet new people, so I, I appreciate that. And you're still married. That's even better. So uh, Shockingly, Dan. yes. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, Chicago Steel on February 18th has Blackhawks night coming up. So I just want to say, I mean, other than the Blackhawks being the mainstay of Chicago hockey that we know is, what kind of made you uh, think to have a Blackhawks night? And more importantly, how did you get Stanley Cup champion Brian Campbell and Tommy Hawk to show up for you? Well, we've been really fortunate. We've been at the Fox Valley Ice Arena since 2015, and we have had a partnership with the Chicago Blackhawks ever since to present a, a night like this, Chicago Blackhawks night. They're always extremely generous in terms of access to, to former players. Uh, Tommy Hawk has been a big hit coming out to uh, our games in the past and, and entertaining our crowd. We've had Jim Cornelison out in the past to sing the national anthem, not just for Chicago Blackhawks night, but also for uh uh, times that we've advanced to the Clark Cup final. So uh, they see the the greater opportunity to to help uh, advance hockey in this market. We collectively work towards that uh, from a grassroots standpoint, uh, all the way up to the USHL where we are, to the American Hockey League where they have their affiliate in Rockford, and then obviously to the National Hockey League level. So uh, proud to be partnered with the Chicago Blackhawks on this event and, and really other initiatives that um, that we can find to, to help grow the game in our area. So since you've taken over and you've kind of, you know, your family and everybody's been part of this community coming up in 2015, in the midst, if, if not the ending of that dynasty run, did you ever think that this market would charge and fall in love with the sport of hockey for a new generation the way it did watching all these young cats come up you know obviously we know about the canes and tays and like the major mark but the the youth the youth hockey kind of taking over and having resurgence what has that done for you were you surprised how that just took off in this city in this market I wouldn't say that we're surprised because of the incredible success that the Blackhawks have had and the work that they've done at the grassroots level to try and grow the game. There was always a, a strong presence in Chicagoland for youth hockey uh, that has obviously grown exponentially. What what surprises me or uh, is, is actually we bring in a new intern class to work for the Chicago Steel every year and those interviews it's pretty consistent. When did you fall in love with the sport of hockey? Well, I was watching game six in 2010, or I got captivated by the Blackhawks run. I was never a hockey fan until, you know, and they name, you know, Jonathan Taves came along or Duncan Keith did this. And so that's, what's been incredibly impressive to, to me is just seeing it firsthand how this you know this generation doesn't surprise me because of the work that the Blackhawks have done at the grassroots level and and we'd like to think that we contribute to that uh as well but it's it's those conversations those individual conversations I was never a hockey fan 
And now I want to work in the industry. I want to work in sports. I want to find a way to break in. And so, uh, you know, where we are on the ladder of development, being the USHL, the best 16 to 20 year olds that come to our league, uh, they go from here mostly to college hockey, though you do get the rare exception that makes that jump directly to the NHL. What's awesome for us is that we have this whole new generation of fans who are hockey crazed that want to see future college and pro superstars that want to see Macklin Celebrini come and play for us and all of these other names that you're going to be hearing at the United Center several years from now. So it's been an awesome transformation in this market. And we, we do give the Blackhawks a ton of credit, not just for the work they did on the ice, but off the ice as well. Dan, I'm gr- I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Paulie Dangerous here. He uh, he loves. He's our resident baseball expert. He does a great job of covering the league. But something he's very passionate about is minor league baseball, and something that we're very passionate here on the Sports Cubicle is the economic and the the relationship between local teams and its community. And you're seeing that. I love hearing your your connection with the Chicago Steel and the the relocation and how you're integrating yourself, you know, in in the community, but you know, this is something I, we're going to throw to Paulie with, but I wanted to wanted to ask you before we throw it to Paulie is how important is it for you seeing in all the major sports where specifically baseball, where it was a, a big part of the community to kind of do the same where you guys are at to really I- install yourself as a tradition, as a place to come watch the youth, as a place to honor and 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 kind of give new life to the game. How important is that for the organization, for you, the players, the staff? to kind of being that new part of a community. So I worked in baseball for 11 years, and one of my mentors is Mike Vec, the son of Bill Vec, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame for owning, you know, four teams. He owned the White Sox, obviously, uh, introduced the exploding scoreboard at at Comiskey Park uh, and brought the idea that baseball can be fun. It doesn't just have to be about wins and losses. It can be about the experience. And Mike, I think, has the the best line uh, that goes along with what you were saying. And that line is, a community doesn't need a team, but a team needs a community. And there's no truer statement. In order to do what we do at the minor league level, we need the grassroots support. We need to be involved in youth hockey. We need to be involved in various initiatives that are important to the local community uh, in which we play. And so... It's a must. It's not a a want or a desire. Like we, we have to do that. And it's the only way that we can grow from a grassroots level. And so the Chicago Steel were in Bensonville for 15 years and then made the move to Geneva in the summer of 2015 with a change in ownership, seemingly overnight. I came into the organization in August of 2015, right as we were making the move. And we started playing that season, that 2015-16 season in September. And so over the past seven and a half years, we've tried to, to, to grow that bond and we've tried to do it in a, in a bunch of different ways, certainly from a youth hockey standpoint, um, but also reaching out to local municipalities. Who are the nonprofits? What are the charities that we can be involved with? Where can we volunteer? How can we introduce people to the Chicago Steel? And, and selfishly, how do we develop our players? Because our, our job is to develop the players that we have, not just on the ice, but 
educationally as well. They're going from here to to college, and so they need to have their 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 academics in order. Um, but it's human beings, and so a lot of that is the team volunteering that we're doing, uh, running character development assemblies in school and healthy living assemblies and things along those lines. So it's integral to what we do, and then in turn we we benefit from that and it's wonderful to see new fans come through our doors and recognize how incredible the product that we have both on and off the ice is and they can then go back and say i saw these guys when um and the best thing about the minor leagues as you guys know baseball hockey just across the board is the accessibility the accessibility to players autographs after after every game, the chance to chance to to meet the players uh, in the lobby that they're just they're kids that that shine hasn't worn off for a 16 to 20 year old that's playing in the USHL in terms of a, a kid coming up and asking for their autograph. That's as exciting for our players as it is for the kid that's making that request. So it's an awesome level to be at. And it, it goes back to, you know, a, a community doesn't need a team, but a team needs a community. Polly. You were mentioning that, uh, you know, interning or working with Mike Vack. So that just makes me think of some of the creative ways that Mike and his father brought people out to see their teams. Uh, what are some of your favorite promotions that you've done over the years that have helped attracted people to come and see the seal? Well, we're never going to match vasectomy night on Father's Day, the, the Mike Vec promotion in <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. Like we're, we're just not, we're not, we're not going to be able to, to reach, to reach those heights. Um, you know, it, it's funny. We, we look back and there's a mix of irreverence that we, that we love and trying to step, you know, step outside the, the box and, and do the, the minor league, you know, thing, which I think in the past probably, you know, people look down on and they, you know, the, the minor league antics. Well, well, now you see it at the major league level, all these innovations of, you know, running the bases after the game and fireworks shows and concerts on the field all started at the minor league level. At least many of them did and now have made their way to the, to the pro level because you realize it has to be about fun. It has to be about entertainment. It has to be about bringing not just hockey fans to the rink, but non-hockey fans to the rink uh, and giving them something beyond just the sport on the ice. Like we're, we're confident you're going to fall in love with the best live sport on the planet on the ice, but it's those other things um, that we do, the, the teddy bear toss that we do annually where, uh, you know, which has become a junior hockey tradition. We didn't start it, but we certainly are, are proud to take part in it where um, when the, the home team scores its first goal of the night, everyone tosses a stuffed animal onto the ice and it's donated to charity um we've done blades of steel night going back to the old uh old video game blades of steel and had a had a blast with that um i'm trying to think of the of the best of on the spot they all seem to blur together and, and again um some of them won't rise to the same level of uh, of a vecchian type uh type promotion um but it's the idea that can we get people to the rink um, give them a compelling reason to come here. And once they come here, they're going to fall in love. And then the ability to do it affordably, like that's, that's what we're selling. We're selling a $10 ticket, free parking, um, affordable concessions. And, uh, you know, for, for your kids, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. 
like this, this is as cool as it gets for them to to it, it doesn't matter that the player in the jersey um isn't getting paid you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to play for them it, it's the experience that it's all about so uh it's it's been awesome yep Hell, Dan, if you're ever looking for another promotion, you can have Sports Cubicle Night. The kids could try to race us on the ice, and we'll fall on our faces constantly because we're old men, and these kids just glide right past us. But I did want to ask Dan. Uh, bowling. We do human slingshot bowling during intermission. So there we um, go. Guys. You, you guys are, are certainly eligible to participate. <laughs> There's three of us. <laughs> but, uh, Dan, I just want to say, um, you've been in this team since about 2015 now, and what would you say is your greatest accomplishment so far, like what you're most proud of that you've done since coming in here? Uh, it hasn't it hasn't been me. It's been the the group of people that we have. Um, and that's probably what I'm most proud of is that the development aspect has translated and permeated our organization at every level. We've moved players on to collegiate hockey uh, and ultimately to the pros. Certainly, we can point to uh, recent successes, having the number one overall pick in the draft in Owen Power uh, two years ago, who's now having success at the NHL level with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, to us, is just as awesome as Mark Johnstone, who came in here, uh, you know, didn't have the the buzz around him in 2015, 2016, became our captain the following year, um, went off, had a successful career, Sacred Heart became the captain there, and is now in the American Hockey League with the Toronto Marlies having success. I think he had two game winning goals um, or two goals the the last in the last week. And so it, it's a combination of those stories of, you know, the really highly touted players that we've been fortunate to, to work with and develop um, and, and have success in the NHL draft that year that Owen got drafted with three picks uh, in the first round uh, with Matt Coronado to the Flames and Mackie Samuskevich to the Florida Panthers. Um, this, you know, this year, Adam Fantilli is going to go either number, you know, one, two, or three. One's probably taken at this point after Connor Bedard's performance at the World Juniors, but um, perhaps number two, perhaps number three. Um, and he's having an unbelievable year at the University of Michigan right now. Uh, so he's a Hopi Baker candidate as a as a freshman. But then on the coaching side, we, we lost our coach a month before this season began, Brock Sheehan. Why? Because he got a job at the Carolina Hurricanes as the head coach of the Chicago Wolves. How awesome is that? And, and, and Greg Moore before him moving from the Chicago Steel to the Toronto Marlies as their head coach two years earlier, Dan Muse, who helped us win a Clark Cup in 2016-17, goes from our bench to an assistant coach for the Nashville Predators in the National Hockey League. Ryan Hardy, our general manager, now an assistant general manager with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So those are the types of stories that I think we're, we're proudest of, uh, of really sticking to development. Yes, we've we've hung banners and we've won two Clark Cup championships. That's That's awesome. It's about development here and uh, and the way that we've done it, um, I, I would like to think is is unmatched in in junior hockey, um, at least the, the style and way that we've gone about it. Um, and and so that's that's what we're proudest of. Dan, this is something that I really wanted to run by you. And, you know, if you could tell by our significant others. We like to talk and engage with people who are way, way, way smarter than us here on the sports cubicle. So obviously you are here classing up the place and making us all seem smarter and giving us some credentials, some ben some benefits, if you will. But this is something I want to run by you, right? Where we're in a new, new age of sports. Things are changing and we incorporate different teachings. We, we learn from mistakes, right? And here locally, it was a heart. It was a gut punch. Some of the, the news that came out from, 
the Blackhawks and the lawsuit and everything. And it's something we've covered here. And then on the ice, the way the game sport, the changes, the sport changes, whether it's rule changes and implementing them, the Chicago Steel, the organization, the family, how open have you guys been? Are you guys to being open to changes, to adapting to when something like that happens, to install it in the age group that you that your athletes are, the fan base, the community, to see some of these things that have happened, whether it's the Big Brother organization, all the way down to the local mom and pop bakery, to install and make sure that you're in the, the forefront of innovation and also making sure that you're keeping up with everything social because these are athletes that are going to be part of our community how important is that as an organization somebody like you who is so well respected that the the chicago Steel are doing that you know it's a great question and you touched on it in the question the age group that we have we are so fortunate that we get the players at this yeah and we're a young team for our league so mostly 16 17 18 year olds and we have a unique opportunity to help shape the future hockey culture. And we take that really seriously. And so it's a big part of, of what we do, um, how we go about our business. We take a lot of pride in the fact that we're not just developing hockey players. We are developing young men. Uh, they are in our care, uh, some of whom are away from home for the first time. They live with host families in this area. Um, I think we only have one player from this market, from Chicagoland, uh, on our current roster. So the other 24 guys are from all over, some outside the, the United States. Um, and so it's this network of our coaches and our staff here at the rink, our housing families at home, our education coordinator who's working with them academically, uh, all teaming up to try and and mold and develop these 16, 17, 18-year-olds. And uh, this is what's happened in this market uh, certainly has resonated throughout the, the hockey world and the hockey community. And we, we reached out to the Blackhawks uh, shortly after and said, how can we help? What initiatives can we partner on? Um, can we push forward? Because we're fortunate. We get these players at this age where we feel like we can make an impact that's then going to resonate in locker rooms for years to for years to come. And uh, we, we work with USA Hockey as well on that and, and various initiatives. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's top of mind. Um, and uh and and something that we think about every day. Dan, uh, we could do this all day. Uh, Dev's going to bring us home in just a second. You guys have awesome stuff coming up. But before we let you go, is there anything, you know, we're here in Chicagoland. We're here to support. We love youth hockey here. We think there's something great about just general, whether it's sports, club sports, or it's you know, your music, whatever. There's something about the youth being active that, you know, we're all about here on WCPT, on the sports cubicle. And before we, you know, we let Dev kind of tag it all and bring it all home. Is there anything that you want Chicago land to know anything that they, any way they can support any way they can, can enjoy what you guys are doing. The awesome uh, stuff you and the team are doing over at the Chicago steel. Come to a game. That That's the biggest thing is if you haven't been to a Chicago steel game, come see us at the Fox Valley ice arena in Geneva. As, as I mentioned, tickets start at $10. Um, there's, uh, you know, free parking, 
Um, and the product you're going to see on the ice, these are future NHL players. Um, they're future collegiate uh, stars uh, on our roster right now. I mentioned him before, Macklin Celebrini, who is projected right now as the potential number one overall pick in the 2024 draft. Uh, we have several players that have already been selected by NHL teams and others that will this coming June. Beyond that, it's family fun. It's, it's affordable. It's entertainment. There's a theme every night. Uh, we have Chicago Blackhawks night, as you mentioned, coming up on the 18th of, of February. Um, the following day, we have a, a sports card giveaway, Chicago Steel trading cards that we'll be uh, giving away. Coming up over the course of the year, we have military appreciation night. We have wiener dog races. You can enter your your dachshund to, to take the ice during intermission um, and participate in our annual wiener dog races. Uh, we mentioned slingshot bowling. There's always something fun that's going on. It's a night of, of entertainment akin to minor league baseball. Um, and so if you haven't been to a steel game, make a make plans to join us. We still have a dozen or more home games over the course of the year, and we hope to make a long playoff run as well. A huge shout out to uh, you, Dan, to the Chicago Steel, to Rachel, and of course, you know, our amazing, the best producer and co-host, Devin, for setting this all up. Dev, uh, you want to bring us home, my guy? Sure. Dan, if they want to buy tickets, where should they go? ChicagoSteelHockeyTeam.com. We couldn't get a longer website address, <laughs> so uh, we had to stick just with ChicagoSteelHockeyTeam.com. Thank you, Dan. That was uh, President of Chicago Steel, Dan Lev. And I mean, unless you want me to call you President of Chicago Steel, and again, two-time Dave T Tyler, USHL Executive of the Year, only two-timer, Dan Lev, whichever you prefer. It's all on the business card. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Guys.